Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Los Angeles Police Department 11 years ago, 
is rapidly reaching a state of uh, perfection. The story we bring to you tonight is of particular interest because it explains in story form how certain types of criminals follow certain criminals' pursuits. In all of these programs, it is the desire of the Chief of Police, James E. Davis, to educate the general public in little-known facts concerning the intricate operation of this, one of the greatest law enforcement agencies in the United States. We believe that programs such as these are of tremendous benefit in inspiring public confidence, and Chief Davis will appreciate an expression of public reaction to it. Don't worry, you'll get the stuff. 
But I think you're making a big mistake not to order those gold-filled Masonic emblems and that new line of wristwatches we're... That new line of wristwatches we're... That new line of wristwatches we're featuring. Oh, no. Mr. Doyle, I couldn't be using any more stuff. I ain't in business for your help, you know. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Well, I'll be back to see you next month. Okay, Mr. Doyle, then. Goodbye. So long. So long, Mr. Bernhardt. Oh, I'm not going to fool with you. 
I don't like cops, Savvy. I'd just as soon plug you right now as sit on the seat beside you. Bandits drive around the city with their victim stuffed in the corner of the back seat. They relieve him of his badge, his revolver, his belt, whistle, and handcuffs. Finally, they drive up to the corner of 83rd and Van Ness Avenue in front of a partially finished house. Okay, copper. Get out. Take off your coat. Ah. Oh, you're bleeding in the arm. That's too bad. I'm sorry I didn't get you in the heart. Now walk straight ahead. End of this building, huh? This looks like a good place, Zeke. Looks okay to me. Okay, copper. Step up to them two of us. Put your arms out. Right up, boy. Now we'll show you how it feels to wear your bracelet. There. Now give me the other arm, like a good boy. There, that's just dandy. Now you can stay there until you bleed to Bandits failed to fasten the handcuffs securely, and Officer Rodewald manages to work his hand loose. Bleeding profusely, he makes his way to the nearest house and reports the shooting. Still, there is little positive identification. Then the next day, an abandoned Hudson coach is found in Long Beach. The upholstery is splattered with blood. An Officer Rodewald's cap, bearing the number 734, is on the floor. Howard Barlow, the police department fingerprint expert, searches the car for latent fingerprints discovers several, photographs them, and running through his file for identification, he makes several astounding discoveries. He loses no time in reporting to Chief Davis. Well, Lieutenant, did you make anyone on those prints? Did I? I'll say I did, Chief. Jack Hawkins is one of them. Hawkins? Yeah. You remember I reported to you about ten days ago about identifying a latent print from one of those robbery jobs as belonging to Hawkins? Oh, yes. Yeah, of course I do. Well, Hawkins is an escape from the St. Louis County Jail. I got in touch with St. Louis, and they sent me his mug and prints, along with those of Zeke Hayes, the man he escaped with. And I've just identified two latent prints from that abandoned Hudson as belonging to Hayes and Hawkins. So they're the boys we're after, eh? That's right, Chief. Why, look at those prints. More than 20 points of similarity. Here are the pictures and descriptions. That's great work, Lieutenant. Now that we know who we're after, I'm going to throw a traffic blockade all over this town. Men of this type must be made an example of. No one can shoot a police officer in Los Angeles and get away with it. Send my secretary in, will you, Lieutenant? Yes, sir. Keep walking, Miss Waller. Uh, sit down, Miss Waller. Take this order. To all division and detective commanders. Beginning tonight and every other night until further notice, place a blockade at the important intersections in your district. Stop all cars and detain all suspicious characters. Arrest one Zeke Hayes, alias Robert N. Hayes, alias Robert Albert Williams, and one John Neville Hawkins, alias James Elmer Fox, alias John Neville Wright. Hayes is described as American, 30 years of age, height 5 feet 6 and a half inches, weight 165 pounds, black hair, brown eyes. Hawkins, an American, 23 years old, height 5 feet 11 and a half inches, weight 170 pounds, Brown hair, brown eyes. Morrow's police bulletin will carry pictures of these men. 
But I want you to start looking for them at once. These men held up, shot, kidnapped Officer Siebert Roadwald. I want you to bring them in. That'll be all. Get it out right away. Yes, sir. Night after night, citizens are conscious of the power and numbers of their police force as the traffic intersections swarm with uniformed officers scrutinizing the occupants of every automobile. But for all the efficiency of the police blockade, Hayes and Hawkins are not apprehended. The statewide teletype carries their descriptions to every police headquarters in California and still the wily criminals escape detection. Although the men have not been placed in custody, Detectives Cato, Cahill, and Seeger prosecute their investigation and get from the victims positive identifications of Hayes and Hawkins as the robbers who held up the jewelry salesman, the gasoline station collector, the woman with the rings, and many other citizens. If caught, the two bandits are bound to go to prison for extreme terms on the basis of the case developed against them by the three hard-working detectives. But weeks go by, and nothing is heard or seen of Hayes and Hawkins. Then two jobs are pulled in San Francisco that resemble in techniques the work of the bandit pair. And a few days later, a wide-awake patrolman recognizes Hawkins on the street. He is brought into headquarters and fingerprinted. Listen, I tell you, you've got the wrong guy. i never done nothing wrong in my life. I'm going to dental school. I... I'm studying to be a dentist. Oh, yeah? Well, you may be studying to be a dentist in the daytime, but you've got a more profitable business at night. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then I'll tell you. You're John Neville Hawkins, and you're wanted both here and in Los Angeles for robbery. Oh, listen, that's all wrong, I tell you. Well, I don't think so. These fingerprints don't lie. You're Hawkins, all right. Did you see this, Inspector? What's that? It's a receipt for a water bill made out to Alfred Nelson. At an address on Columbus Avenue. Alfred Nelson, eh? <laughs> Another alias, huh, Hawkins? Uh, listen, you're all wrong. Well, we'll see about that. Hold this man on suspicion of robbery, Frank, while I check on that address. The officers go to the address on Columbus Avenue and find a veritable arsenal in Hawkins' apartment. Hoping to round up Hayes, too, they secrete themselves in the place. After several hours' wait, the second bandit arrives home to be met by the cold blue steel automatics of the police officers. See him up. We're police officers, huh? Hayes. Oh, well, you're caught up with me, huh? Yeah, and your pal, too. He's down to headquarters. Well, what's the beef? Oh, robbery, assault with a deadly weapon. What would you like? I'll talk to the chief about that. Hayes and Hawkins insist on an interview with Chief Dan O'Brien of the San Francisco Police Department. Finally, Chief O'Brien grants the request. Look here, Chief. What have you got on us? A couple of robbery jobs. Nice ones. Well, we'd never have worked your town if that blockade down in L.A. hadn't been so tough. What did you boys want to talk to me for? Well, if you send us up, they can't bring us back from the big house to face that beef in L.A., can they? I don't know. That's their business. Well, and put you away for robbery. We'll plead guilty if you send us up right away. I'm making no deals, yeah, boys. But, Chief, there's three dicks down south that'll make it too hot for us. We want to go up for going, go up quick. Yeah. And if we can ever get Cato, Cahill, and Seeger down there, are we going to do it? You're damn right we are. What do you got against these men? Plenty. They didn't have to build a case against us like they got. Well, forget it, Seek. That's water over the dam. How about it, Chief? 
Will you send us up? Yeah, darn right I will. I don't know what all this chatter is about, but I do know I'm going to send you up pronto, even if you didn't want to go. sentenced to from five years to life in Folsom Penitentiary on one count of first-degree robbery. The officers in Los Angeles are furious at thus losing their game. I tell you, Cato, we got to get those men down here and try them for the crimes they committed in Los Angeles. Ah, yeah, but how? Yeah, that's the question, how? Is there any way? If there is, I don't know. By the time they get out of Folsom on their prison sentence, the statute of limitations will have run out and we can't touch them. Well, we've got an assault with a deadly weapon charge on them. Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. What is it? We'll get the grand jury to indict them. What good will do? We can't get them out? Yes, we can. We'll subpoena them as witnesses in their own trial. Well, I never heard of anything like that before. Neither did I, but I don't see why it wouldn't work. Oh, it's worth a try at any rate. Yeah. Well, next time we go in the court, we buff them off, see? And then we 
the eyes for the elevator, go down the street instead of up to the jail, and we're out. Gee, that's a pretty big chance. Yeah, what of it? I'd rather take a chance like that than look through bars the rest of my life. Uh, okay. I'm with you. Hayes and Hawkins offer old Tom enough money to supply himself with plenty of cocaine if he'll get them a gun. Then on the next visiting day, Hayes whispers his plot to the screen to Ella in the visitor's room. Oh, You're taking an awful chance. Yeah, what of it? Better than this, ain't it? Yes, I guess that's right. Now, look, honey. I want you to be in the courtroom when the bailiff brings us in. You nod your head up, Cato and Seagull are there, okay? Of course, there's no doubt about them being there. They always have been. Then when I start shooting, you wait till all the excitement is over before you leave. I'll meet you back at your apartment. Please. I'm afraid for you. Ah, don't worry, babe. We're the same. Bye, honey. Oh, goodbye, Zeke. And be careful. Once more, the case of the people versus John Neville Hawkins and Zeke Hayes is called. Once more, as they had so many times before, Hayes and Hawkins are led into the courtroom and stand facing the judge. Once more, a movement is made for postponement.
and not release such a dangerous criminal into civil life. A criminal who has three times proven his inability to go straight. For such incorrigibles, there is only one place, and that is the state penitentiary. Thank you, Inspector Hawthorne. done nothing else, we are certain that calling all cars has brought home to you, the average citizen, the hazards and dangers of police work. In their war against crime, the police must be provided with equipment that is dependable and ready to meet an emergency. The officers in the police car must be armed with the latest of weapons. Their ammunition must be the best. Their car must be mechanically perfect. And the gasoline in the tank must be able to meet instantly any requirement of power, quick starting and speed. There could be no sluggishness, no failure to start, no lack of speed. A life might be lost through such a failure. Rio Grande cracked gasoline gives police equipment that needed dependability. That is why in the great southwest where Rio Grande products are sold, more police cars, ambulances, fire engines, motorcycles, and other emergency equipment use Rio Grande cracks than all other brands combined. Rio Grande has prepared for your information a complete list of forthcoming cases to be broadcast on calling all cars. Drive into your neighborhood Rio Grande service station tomorrow and ask for the Rio Grande radio log. It's free. Cancellation broadcast 33, shooting of police officers. Suspects in this case are now in custody. That's all. Rose and Cliff. confidential files of the Los Angeles Police Department and is written and produced by William N. Robeson. This is Frederick Lindsley saying good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>